All right, bonus episode time here, Tim. And and we called last episode in this episode the one last push because this is our one last push to try to get as much information out as we can about the fantasy about the fantasy football season, the NFL season, out there before we start going into some bowl predictions next week, and then the week after that we got our previews for the season. And let's get at it. Yeah, right? this this is a home stretch, buddy. Yeah. So this is this is our one final push, Tim. Is there anything you really want to keep pushing here? Yeah, you like I said, I I joke, you know, we we let off last week's episode with some bigger headlines, you know, KD, uh, Deshaun Watson, some of that good stuff. I like to joke and say, all right, well, here's some B stories, which I still consider news, but I'm going to frame it in the, what do you think of this one? So the first one I want to hit you with, Michael Gallup has avoided the pup list, which means he will not start the season on the pup list missing four weeks. I feel like that's news. I feel like that's... That, that's worthy because you had the James Washington injury. Uh, they have lost Amari Cooper. I think for a high-powered offense like the Cowboys, I think that's pretty big news. His current draft ADP is not ranked, which means he's over 150. ESPN has him ranked as wide receiver number 65. Is your interest peaked? Oh, it was always peaked in Yelp. I think we talked about it before when I said there's some people that I wanted to have late in the draft in my ADP in our ADP episode. And Michael Gallup is one of those guys. Michael Gallup is a is was last year before he got hurt was the PPR guy for he was the possession receiver. He was the guy that was catching seven eight. He was the one that was having multiple targets. You know, um, not Dalton Schultz, not Amari Cooper, not Ceedee Lamb. Those guys were all. <clears throat> uh, you know, Dalton Schultz was using the middle of the field. The other guys were going deep, so that. But Michael Gallup was that guy on third and two, third and three, was getting the five yard catch for a first down. Yeah, I, I I already knew you would answer, but I, I had to ask it because I, I feel like at that value, and maybe this news pushes him up a little bit, but I felt like at that value, that's some good value. But that being said, does that hurt the value of a Jalen Tolbert or even a Dalton Schultz as far as other pass catchers? Not Jalen, not Dalton Schultz, Jalen Tolbert, yes. If, uh, if Gallup is back and he only misses a week or two, it might definitely hinder the value of Jalen Tolbert. Uh, Dalton Schultz, I think he'll be fine. Okay, so in a, does that make Jalen Tolbert undraftable? No. No, I don't believe so. I mean, say your league goes 15 rounds. Is he worth a pick in 15 rounds? Not in, not on my team. Aha, you also said that about a couple of guys you ended up drafting. Not on you? my team. Not no, on no, my no, team. no, no, no. Okay. But, Cooper Kemp right. won't be a James Conner won't be on oh. my team. <laughs> <laughs> those guys, those guys are projected fourth and fifth round picks. You're gonna You're drop talk- a house on me now. Come on. <laughs> All right, I'm telling you right now, I will, I will buy you a case of beer if I if J- Jalen Tolbert ends up on my team. You say that like we're gonna share it anyway. I know we'll share it anyway, but I'm just saying, you know, like. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I feel like it hurts the value of Jalen Tolbert, who I, I had been targeting in our deeper league. You know, we go a little bit deeper in this one. But, yeah, with Gallup, he's not going to miss the start of the season. I His current value can be Gallup all day. Yeah, well, you know? with his value right now, and you're talking about somebody that could easily be like the the Renfro to, you know, Waller and Devontae Adams. Is over there. Yeah, I'd be down with that if you're getting him with the last pick of your draft. No, you ain't down with that. I got two words for you. No, jeez. Uh, what else you got? Well, staying on the theme of the Cowboys, and we kind of touched about it in the main episode, but Tony Pollard has been taking practice reps in the slot. Dak said he's one of the one of our best pass catchers. His ADP is currently 92 in the eighth round. Does that make him undervalued? He is undervalued. Tony Pollard is A.J. Dillon. He's 
We talked about it before. Hunt, Dylan, you know, these guys have crazy amounts of value and are being treated as um, handcuffs. They're not handcuffs. I, I was going to say, so you would say that Tony Pollard is closer to A.J. Dillon than he is to Alexander Madison. Yes, absolutely. And Alexander Madison, I even think, can be considered, he's he's fringe handcuff and not handcuff. Because Alexander Madison, even when Cook is in the game, um, Alexander Madison, when he gives, when he just gives him a spell, he he Alexander Madison could put up points. He's done it last year. He's done it the last couple of years. Yeah, I, I think it's funny how you actually think about your answers. That's good stuff. I tell you, look at you cold and calculated and thinking about your answers. We're just still supposed to throw stuff out there, and not be held accountable for our actions. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you want me to not be? Tony Pollard <laughs> is is a sixth round pick. If you're not taking him when right after AJ Dillon, what are you doing? Is that better? Do for you, you just blew out Malcolm's earphones? Is that better for you? Yeah, I'd scream at A. Smith has made a living. Scream at A. Smith. Right, Stephen A. Smith has made a living saying stuff like that just to be outlandish. Oh, no, nothing's better than Skip Bayless. You'll watch Skip Bayless be like, hey, I think so-and-so's a bum. Come on my show and watch me talk about it. <laughs> I, I tell you what, though, those two made magic together, Stephen, uh, uh, Stephen A. Smith and Skip Bayless. When they transformed Cold Pizza into First Take, those two were magic together. Uh, you know, have they become kind of characters of themselves with the whole talking head yeah. shows? Absolutely. But Screamin' A. Smith has made a living doing exactly what you just mentioned. I don't even believe half of those. I don't even believe either one of those guys actually believe what they say anymore. I believe what? they say stuff that's completely off the wall just to get a rise out of people. I believe they're still cashing checks, though, aren't they? Yeah, yeah I'll cash those checks. <laughs> right? Um, so some more B news. Gus Edwards from the Baltimore Ravens has been placed on the pup list, which means he's going to miss at least four games. Do you have any interest in a guy named Mike Davis with Dobbins not being 100%? No. Just I that it? Don't want the, the Mike cold kill? Davis. I had Mike Davis. <laughs> I, I, I just totally shredded him last year. Ended up, ended up, you know, how you were just talking about, hey, I can't be upset about Cordell Patterson. He was my number five running back. And then I picked Mike Davis as my number five running back in the same league last year. And guess what? He didn't do anything. He's, I do not want any part of Mike Davis. I don't want Mike Davis on my team. I do not want him in my house. I will not eat with him next to a mouse. <laughs> so I, I'm doing my, Your green, my eggs green eggs and ham, and ham right there. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate. At some point during the season last year, the Baltimore Ravens made Le'Veon Bell and Devonta Freeman usable for a game, even if it's just DFS. I'm just saying that if Dobbins is not 100%, and they're trying to protect Lamar Jackson with those less designed runs, as you keep talking about. And Gus Edwards is on the pup list. I feel like, by default, Mike Davis is going to have value. I want you to go to Ravens camp, and I want you to go tell J.K. Dobbins he's not ready for week one. I watch you be yelling. I'm not going to Baltimore. <laughs> Why would I go to Baltimore? Yeah, no, I'm just trying to play a case that Mike Davis, if the very least he could be a value flex in a DFS lineup, or if you're one of those guys that goes zero running back, he could be your starter for week one or two until the rest of the guys you picked as lottery tickets work out. That's all I'm trying to say. All right, you want me to throw some things at you here? Well, if you're going to poo-poo my Mike Davis, then feel free to hit me with some actual news. Oh, okay. <laughs> yes, Mike Davis. Let me hit you some actual news here, too. <laughs> Drake London hasn't played or practiced since the first po preseason game. Two weeks ago. Tim, isn't it, like, just like Christian Watson, like, what's more damaging for a rookie receiver than missing half a camp? Um, it, It's damaging, 
But I tell you what, Drake London is in a different position than Christian Watson. Christian Watson can sit on the bench and watch in Green Bay because they have guys like Randall Cobb and Sammy Watkins and um, they have um, the Romeo Dobbs. They have some guys that can play wide receiver there. I'm not saying they're all good. I'm not saying they're all future Hall of Famers. They're good. Atlanta has nobody. So I feel like Drake London can miss two weeks and still be a valuable asset, can still be the number two receiving weapon behind Kyle Pitts. So is it significant? Okay. But you're talking about a team with a bad defense that's going to be bad, that's going to be trailing, and I feel like I don't. that's not going to deter me from Drake, taking Drake London in a draft. I, does it deter you? Well, a little bit. Um, the the one thing that I can't have with running back, but, but rookies, sorry. The one thing I can't have with rookies is missing substantial amounts of time in camp. It just totally kills their value. I mean, I understand what you're saying. Drake London is pretty much the only option there. But look at how much time Rashad Bateman missed. And did he really recover with stats-wise by the end of the season? No. Well, that's a team that doesn't really pass the ball, and Lamar Jackson was hurt, and they still had Marquise Hollywood-Brown on that team last year. So a little bit of a different situation, in my opinion. I get the point you're trying to make. I'm just trying to crap all over it. No, <laughs> just, thank you for your thank you for your honesty. All right, let me throw another one out there for you. Talking about people missing time, Jameis Winston has missed the last 13 practices due to a foot sprain. Due to a foot sprain, do you think this will cause a slow start to the Saints' offense? As long as he's not trying to accost Uber drivers. I <laughs> too too soon. Low too blow. Too soon. soon. Uh, too don't soon. worry, Rick will edit this out. But no, I I'm just okay. That does hurt because you just lost Sean Payton. They're trying to. I want to say they're installing a new offense because Winston was that there last year. Their offensive coordinator was there last year. But it does hurt because Jarvis Landry is new to that team. Chris Olave is a rookie. Uh, Michael Thomas hasn't played significant football in three years. So. He's missing time building a relationship and a rapport with his wide receivers. So I'm going to say that is pretty significant. I, I'm, You know, answer your own question. What do you think? I think it is significant because you talk about Chris Olave. You're talking about a returning Michael Thomas, um, who last time he played significant amounts of time was with Drew Brees. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's significant because there's a lot of people there that – um, have not gotten the opportunity to play with Jamison yet. So Circle gets the square. <clears throat> awesome. Circle, awesome. Circle gets it. What else you got for me, Mister? Okay, here's here's one for you. This is more. This is more of a. This is more of a fantasy football question, and it's kind of off the scope, off the beaten scope. If you had to draft a backup quarterback to be fantasy relevant at one point in time in this season, who would do, who would it be? Justin Fields. No question. It's a back. I said a backup. Oh, an NFL backup. An NFL I, I thought backup. you meant a fantasy. No, backup. no, no. I'm talking about an NFL backup uh, quarterback. Uh, I'm going to say Kenny Pickett because technically. Chalk. Okay. What do you want me to say, Desmond Ritter? No, no. Go ahead. I'm listening. I, I want to. You're go not ahead. listening. Expand. Expand on you, Kenny Pickett. I said woohoo. I, yeah, Kenny Pickett because I think he's going to start sooner rather than later, and Tomlin has shown that he can win with bums and see the last two years Ben Roethlisberger, and the fact that they have Deontay Johnson and Claypool and the talk of preseason pickings, along with Najee Harris in the backfield and Baby Gronk, I think if Kenny Pickett slides into that role, he could have some success as far as an NFL backup quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who do you like? Well, I'm not going to go chalk. I'm going to tell you this. My pick right for this that I thought about it, and I wrote down Malik Willis. Because in my opinion... In my opinion, if Malik Willis gets in there 
for an injured or benched Tannehill at any time, I don't think he ever gives that spot back. Because he doesn't... He is really green, but he has the raw talent to make plays. I understand that, like, Vince Young in Tennessee before, years before this, when he was on that team, did he end up being successful, like, in the long term? No. But there were some some games where Vince Young, like, took over the game. Yeah, there was definitely flashes of Vince Young, flashes of Texas Vince Young. Um, I'm going to disagree with you because Mike Vrabel is a veteran coach. His thing is to win first. They finished as the one seed last year. I don't. It would take a huge amount for him to bench Ryan Tannehill, and I even if Tannehill gets benched for say a fourth quarter or for a week or two, Malik Willis is very green. He's got the raw talent. He could be the best quarterback out of this class three or four years down the road. Not this year. I don't think outside of break glass in case of emergency. I don't think he sees the field, and if he does, he's giving it back. That they. That's a team that still thinks they can win now, and I, I just think his talents are way too raw. You're right. You know who he reminds me of? You're going to tell me, or you're going to... Trey Lance. Wow. I'm wow. nodding my head right now with a big <laughs> smile on my face at Tim. <laughs> you know what, though? Trey Lance is currently the starting quarterback on his team. Malik Willis was a third-round pick who was not. Well, let's see what happens maybe start of next year. Trey Lance was the second pick in the draft. Malik Wills fell to, what, pick 23 of round Mitchell three? Trubisky was the second pick in a draft, and you just said Kenny Pickett was going to be usurping him by the end of the season. Yeah, but you know what? I got nothing. <laughs> I'm going to drink my Oktoberfest. A lawyer! <laughs> All right. Let me give you another one here. Who's the top of the running back duo, Mountain? Is it A.J. Jones I mean, Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon? Is it Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb? Is it Zeke and Pollard? Or is it Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon? Ooh, that's a good one. My initial instinct when you started talking was to say Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon because they did it last year. They finished 10-22. and 22. But I'm going to make the case for Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. They were really good last year in a 50-50 split with Drew Locke as their quarterback. Russell Wilson is there. The man is going to cook. Nathaniel Hackett has said he's going to let him cook. So guess what Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon are not going to see? Stacked boxes. They can both be startable guys and return, especially Gordon where he's being drafted. Gordon can get you great value. So I'm going to say Williams and Gordon. Hmm. Argue with me. Tell me I'm wrong. You know what? I... I think it, it actually varies varies week to week because I honestly think when you're talking about talent wise, it's Hunt and Chubb. Hunt and Chubb, like Chubb, in my opinion, out of all the people we just named, didn't you spend the beginning of a podcast crapping all over Hunt? I did, I did. As far as him wanting a new contract and stuff like that, but I will say, out of all these running backs that were that were brought up on those eight running backs in those four teams, Chubb is the best running back by far. Well, Madden thinks he is. Yeah, well, Madden's right. Madden's, this time, Madden's maybe? right. It's like, what was it, the water boy? Well, guys, mama's wrong again. No, this time, Madden is right. Nick Chubb is is awesome, in my opinion. He's one of those running backs that that you, when you first see him, when you first saw him play his first couple of seasons, he's he brought, he that little antenna in the back of your head went up and go, this guy's a running back. This yeah, guy dude, can fly. I can watch that guy squat all day. Beast. Thorough B. 
beast. And, we, and we've talked about it in this podcast, and I've said it numerous times over the last two seasons. That guy gets through the line without being touched. He's going to fly right by that linebacker. Oh, he's, no take, he's taking it to the house. Yes. He is that beautiful combination of strength and speed. I, I mean, he, I, he makes you want to watch Cleveland Brown football. If he hits the acceleration... At the line of scrimmage, he doesn't touch. He's gone. Yeah, he's like Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile. Yeah, <laughs> just the unreasonably a big a guy that big should not be that fast. Yeah, exactly. Like, but I'm human saying, like, being that big should not be that fast. So I'm going to go with Chubb and Hunt only for the fact that that Hunt has been doing it PPR wise for so long and spelling Chubb. But Chubb, by far, in my opinion, is the best out of all these running backs. I agree. All right, Tim. Let's follow running backs up with receivers. Who's the best receiver duo? Is it Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson, Justin Jefferson, Allen Thielen, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Chris Evans? Oh, sorry, Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. Wow, I thought Captain America was playing for the Bucks. <laughs> uh, wow, that's good. I'm going to take, I know I spent last week's episode talking down T. Higgins just because I don't think he's a third-round pick. I'm going to take the Bengals, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. Jamar Chase, we all know the star he is. We know that he can take it to the house on any given play. Uh, him and Burrow have already made magic, and they're only one season playing together. And T. Higgins in the NFL is criminally undervalued. I know that contradicts what I said for the fantasy, and I'm going to stick by that. I don't think he's a third-round pick, even in PPR leagues and fantasy. But in the NFL, he's criminally undervalued. He's another one of those guys that had put up numbers before Burrow was good, and before Jamar Chase came along. So give me Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. You know what the worst part about this is? Last year, for me, it was Cup and Robert Woods. And for reasons of not just the fact they're great receivers, it's the fact that they are great run blockers. They do so much things around around the team besides just catching the ball and stuff like that. So I, I just want to at least say that. Because it disappoints your, your, me. Your your love for Bobby <clears throat> Tree is well documented. Yes, but it. it so but does I that will... mean you're going with the Rams duo? No, I'm not. I'm not. Not not right now. No, I am actually going to go with Justin Jefferson and Danum Thielen, and I'm going to go right back to the well on this again with what I did with Chubb. Justin Jefferson, um, in my opinion, um, Justin Jefferson is the is the prototypical like size features that you want like at a wide receiver. I think Justin Jefferson is like the molded wide receiver. If you said if you put a lineup with everybody and you'd be like, who's the wide receiver? You'd be like, that guy. <laughs> like <laughs> You know, I'm I'm giggling because I agree with you. I, I think he's a beast. Who was the the, the wide receiver that said, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson, I've seen him play, and Kirk Cousins puts it up right on spot. And if I landed in that situation, I would have who who was that guy? Was it uh uh, you you brought it up. Was it like Nelson Aguilar or... Uh, oh, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. If I got drafted by the Vikings, I was like, what are you talking yeah, about? It, yeah, I, I remember you brought yes. it up a couple weeks back in our podcast about somebody who was crapping was all Nelson over Aguilar. just... Okay, that's what I was going to say. And, and it was like, <clears throat> wait, who? Yeah. It, it reminded me of when Claypool said he was the third best wide receiver in the league. Uh, yeah, it was Aguilar that was talking. Oh, it's not Justin Jefferson. Kirk Cousins puts it in a or perfect spot. Or maybe it was spot. Travis Fulgham or something. It was e- some. Either way, it, it was, was some wide who... receiver that it's like you got to the NFL, you've done nothing, and you want to blame it on the fact that your quarterback isn't Kirk Cousins. What's going to say? You could say, "Oh, Tom Brady made Dion Dion Branch great," or you could say Aaron Rodgers made a you know a, a Devonta Adams great, mm-hmm. or something to that effect. But to say Kirk Cousins is the reason Justin Jefferson is great. 
you might have been hit in the head a few too many times. And I'm not trying to make light of head injuries in the NFL. Don't get me wrong. But maybe you're off a beat or two. Yeah, I mean, just those two right there, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen, he's falls into that Chris Carter. All he does is catch touchdowns. And he's also a great possession guy, too. He He's definitely a clutch guy over the middle. So it's not Thielen. all he does is that catch. He also well, catches I'm just saying, first downs. He, he can catch first downs, but I'm saying like he, he has a reputation you of catching You wanted to mention touchdowns. Chris Carter. I admit it. You wanted one I more. I wanted one more shot at bringing up Chris Carter. Yeah. Like that. But what's in yeah, just minus, minus Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. Okay. I, I mean, like I said, we're, we're splitting hairs. Six, one half dozen the other. These guys are all beasts. Am so, I wrong? Yeah. Let me let me Copyright bring up this. Yeah, let me bring up this one last thing before I send it over to you to bring up your your segment there. My, my garbage. Yeah, no, 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 no. Not garbage. Not garbage. It's, it all matters. It all matters. It all <laughs> matters in the nothingness that is this podcast. <laughs> so, Mike Gesicki is is being shopped around by the Miami Dolphins. What what do you make of this? You know, I I see why, because he put up good numbers. He had a career year last year for him. And from all reports coming out of Miami is they're trying to make him more of an inline blocker, a more of a traditional tight end, as opposed to the mismatch, basically wide receiver. And he's not built that way. They brought in Tyreek Hill. They have Jalen Waddle. They've got plenty of weapons there. Why not do one of those you're selling your stock at the highest? So why not? I don't think the, in, the, in an NFL world where, like, Randy Moss gets traded for a fourth-round pick, and I know I'm going by, back pretty far, but most of these guys, if they do get traded, it's a salary dump, and you might get a sixth or seventh round pick. So I, if I had to predict, I'm going to say Gesicki stays in the Dolphins because they don't get anything of value. I don't blame them for shopping. Sell high. That's the rule of the stock market. Buy low, sell high. Okay. A- a- am I wrong? Uh, no, no, no. I actually think that um, part of this also falls in the be- the the case of um, you got Tyreek Hill, you got Waddle there, you've got. All those running backs, all these people aren't going to get fed, so might as well get what you can for some of them. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, that's the thing is not only that, but as we're speaking, preseason, which now ends in three weeks, you know, only three weeks, preseason game one or game three is the end. So after this week's action, which ends on Sunday, teams have roster cutdown day. So you're going to notice big name, name guys, guys that are a little higher on salary, starting to get cut. We already saw it with Kenyon Drake. So these teams are going to try to ship them and get even a 6th or 7th round. Belichick has been doing this for years. Guys, he's going to cut anyway. He gives some, Somehow he gets a team to give him a 4th or 5th round pick, like he did with Sony Michelle. He got the Rams to give him like a 4th or 5th round pick for Sony Michelle. I don't blame teams for shopping guys. I'm not saying Gesicki is somebody who would be cut, but we're going to see some names get cut once this week of preseason games is over. That roster cutdown is tough. The NFL's salary cap is a hard cap. It's not like the NBA where it's a soft cap and they've got the bird exemption. The NFL has a hard cap. So a lot of times you're going to see guys with lower contracts on rookie deals that play special teams are going to be kept over veterans like Kenyon Drake who might be a little more expensive they're going to get cut. Yeah, we'll look at like a uh, – there's no – what should I say? There's there's no loyalty. Um anymore no. in the NFL. And there wasn't None. really much before. But, I mean, look, Demarcus Robinson got picked up as a free agent by the by the Vegas Raiders after he left KC last year via free agency. And he signed a contract 
and was already cut. Like there's That's no it. there is no like we 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 signed this guy to a contract and we gave him some guaranteed money. So like if you if they feel like you are not gonna benefit their team and they can just give somebody the discount, they'll just eat the money they've already given you and just send you on your way. Yeah, that's why in the NFL, 95% of the time I'm going to take the player's side because everybody's like, you know, and the thing is, we're all fans. Your team stays there, players come and go. So I get why fans in general are, my team, it's my team. Whoa, that thing, big guy. Number one, if your company wanted to get rid of you, your company would get rid of you. And that's what I'm saying. Why does the player have to honor the contract that he signed, but the team can dump you at any given time? It's not, and like I said, I'll even segue that to another point I was going to make. If you're on the roster at the start of week one in the NFL, your contract is guaranteed for that season. So guys like OBJ, guys like Will Fuller, about to be Kenyon Drake, some of these free agents that are out there, don't be surprised week two when they start getting signed because teams don't have to guarantee their contract. But that's the point I was trying to make is, why is everybody always on these players who sacrifice their bodies every week and are getting up every day at 4.30 in the morning since they were six years old to work out and practice and to work their bodies to hopefully make enough money in three or four years to support their family for the rest of their lives? Why is it that they have to honor the contract that they signed, but these NFL teams can dump you on a whim? It, yeah. No, I, I mean, mean you're you're right. I mean, we're we're definitely gonna head towards I, I think the the future is going to bring some guaranteed contracts into it when you're when it's all said and done. You can't you can't change the college rules where people are just getting all kinds of money now. Oh, the NFL. And, and the NFL, and the NFL is like no guarantees on anything. It'd be like, well, well you know what you're going to have? You're going to have a whole bunch of people playing college football and then walking away and being well, like, yeah. do you want to go into the draft? And they're going to be like, no. <laughs> like, well, that's the thing is some of these guys, like Alabama, are getting NIL deals for huge money. It's either that or be an undrafted free agent that might get cut in the NFL. I, I mean, I'm not saying you would choose college over the NFL, but if you're a guy who's borderline wouldn't get drafted – what would you rather do? Mm-hmm. You know, get a get a three million dollar a year NIL deal to play for Bama for a fourth or fifth season, or to get cut by the Texans and you know hope to play in the World League or whatever league there were. Trying and then, out. then get your get your uh, get your salesman job for a medical company and tell everybody about how you used to play in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's enough. I feel like there's like the XFL or you know the Arena League or I know the Arena League's not anymore. And I know the World League's not, but there's always something. Is is the point I was trying to make? All right, so Tim. What are some things you wanted to touch on here before we wrap this up? Well, I wanted to, you know, we last week's episode we did a touch on ADP, average draft position. And we had some good weeks of data, but here we are through two of the three preseason games, plus last night's games, plus tonight's games. So we've got some stock up and stock down. Guys whose numbers have risen greatly. Your guy, Isaiah, Isaiah Pachenko. You said it a lot better than Pacheco. I did. Whatever. Did you know what There's I meant? There's no end, yes. You don't need to correct me. I'm oh, okay. running back for the Chiefs. You so, know who sorry, I meant. Sorry, sir. Sorry, sir. All right. I'll be good. Drink your beer. The ADP has gone from 174 to 122. What do you make of that? Uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, this guy's been getting carries. Um, it's it's one of those camp things again. Here we go with the, the preseason and, and falling in love with it. Like that. I will say, if he's one of the, your last couple of picks in your draft, go ahead and throw a flyer on it. Because... He's on a high-powered offense. They clearly don't have any faith in, in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire because they brought in um, Ronald Jones. That didn't work out. But Pacheco is. 
So there's a very good chance that by the time it's all said and done, Pacheco and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire switch roles before the season's over. And if that happens, if you have Isaiah Pacheco on your team with like a 13th, 14th round pick, I think you're going to be laughing yourself all the way to the playoffs. Nice. Uh, George Pickens, the darling of preseason for the wide receiver for the Pittsburgh Steelers, has moved from 161 to 120. Do you know who led the league in receptions last year in the preseason? You're going to tell me, aren't you? No, because I don't remember what his name is. Ah. But guess what? Guess he led the he led the NFL in preseason receptions and then never caught a pass in the regular season. So pump the brakes when you're talking about receivers. You know, so you're declaring a Kendrell, Kendrell Tompkins. I'm saying that George Pickens is more Kembrell Tompkins than he is Victor Cruz. Jamar, Jamar Chase. Wow, going big time. All right, let's go to your guy, Romeo Daubs, wide receiver Green Bay, has gone from 166 to 143. His stock is up. What do you make of that? That's only 23 spots. And not to mention the fact that, once again, Dude, you're talking... 23 spots is two rounds in a 12-team league. Yeah, but it's also, when you're talking, it's also the 12th round. So, I mean, like, when you're talking about picking somebody that late in draft, these are all flyers anyway. Who would you rather have, Romeo Daubs or A.J. Green? Wow. Uh, once again, names I didn't think I'd hear for 300 Yeah, was, okay. You want me to keep going? Who would you rather have? Romeo Dobbs or, let me think of somebody else, or Brian, Byron Pringle? Well, I feel like we need to maybe cut our bonus episode down a little bit shorter, so I'm going to move on. Because oh, okay. I didn't think you would cite facts and logic in your argument. I'm just saying, dude. I said woo-hoo. Another guy whose stock is pretty high, Brian Robinson, has gone from 163 to 127, and that number is climbing. Well, that's because... There's a lot more smoke on that fire. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that I, might be a full-on. I mean, you're talking about two years ago, Ron Rivera talking about Antonio Gibson like he's the next CMC to being like, no comment, next question. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is, for all you guys that go zero running back or hero running back, Brian Robinson's a perfect target for that. And one last stock up guy I wanted to mention. We've talked about him a couple times. Damian Pierce is soaring. And once upon a time, you can get him at pick 112. He's now moved up to 90. And I'm going to be honest, that was before last night's game where he's played with the first-team offense and scored a rushing touchdown. Has he gotten to the point where he's gone from sleeper to bust? I wouldn't say bust, but I would also say buyer beware because you're talking about Damian Pierce on a subpar Texans team that may be playing from behind an awful lot. So... You're saying pump the brakes, but that's not the word bust. No. I'm saying pump the brakes. I'm not saying he's a bust. I, I like Damian Pierce. I was talking about him being Rookie of the Year when we first started talking our podcast. I'm just saying he's, his price has skyrocketed. That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, the right now where you're picking him is at a high end of production. You're expecting already a high end of production for Damian Pierce. So if you were picking him at 112 and you were picking him in the 10th, 9th, 10th round and stuff like that, then it doesn't make a difference what his production is because if well, it, but that's what I'm the point I'm trying to make is you're not doing that anymore. But that's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. Now that he's moved up to like the seventh round, now it's built in here. Now now you're already now you're already investing that he's going to rush for eight hundred, nine hundred, a thousand yards. Good in stuff. That, that, that is value. the kind of content that Punt the QB brings you. Woo! <laughs> now we're talking stock down. All right, stock that's, down. That's the Tim segment where I bring in the negativity. Traylon Burks, one of the things I was going to bring up to you in our last week's episode, how the fact that he was playing in the into the fourth quarter 
and still only had one catch in a preseason game while playing into the fourth quarter. This guy has gone from 97 to 111. Yeah, well, it ain't easy being green. Yeah, this I guy d- is green. He's green. He's 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 got a lot of talent. He makes some crazy-looking catches in preseason, in practices, in college, but he's still green. Yeah, he's got a long way to go. Um, I'll just go ahead and bring it up. Antonio Gibson has gone from 62 to 80. And that's going to go even farther. Oh, that's even going farther down the list. I mean, I mean, yeah. At some point, when is he coming to the Derek Jeter rule, my old rule where I cross names off and stuff? At some point, if Gibson keeps falling and falling and falling, where are you willing to take him? If he's, if I could, if I could start two running back, if I could start two running backs and wanted a flex, so I could start three running backs, I'm not taking him in any of those positions. He's got to be RB four or lower. Okay, so what round would you consider him in? Probably the 8th, 8th or ninth. Okay, I just wanted to put a number on it. Like I said, his stock is plumbing and I don't expect it. Here's one that's a little confusing to me. Miles Sanders, I know it's only in 9 spots, has gone from 83 to 92 in ADP. Well, what, it, what did I miss? Well, here's what, you didn't miss it. It was right there in front of you the whole time. I mean, when you, when you have a running back that has as many touches as Miles Sanders did last year and has zero touchdowns, I mean, that's concerning. I don't even know... I'll have to look into it for maybe the next podcast or something that I don't even know. That might be a record for the most amount of touches for a running back and not score a touchdown in a season. That's pretty crazy. Uh, Just speed it up a little bit. Another stock down guy, Isaiah Spiller, has gone from 117 to 131 because it looks like Joshua Kelly might be the handcuff in in L.A. Well, I know Isaiah Spiller's been dealing with a a couple of different injuries. Um, I still have no desire to take a running back. In, in the Chargers that's that's not named Austin Eckler. If I'm going to use somebody as a handcuff, I'm just going to throw the rookie at it because I feel like his upside, um, if Eckler ends up having like some kind of season-ending injury and stuff with it, he has a lot more upside than Joe, than Josh Kelly. I see what you're saying. One more guy I wanted to highlight, and I know we got to wrap this puppy up. Russell Gage, who was supposed to be a, a darling you know, in the preseason, has gone from 99 to 112. Has his value been affected by Julio signing? Absolutely it has. Absolutely let, it has. Let me let me frame that a little bit better. I know his average draft position has plummeted because of that, but has his actual value really been hurt by Julio? Yes. Okay. Because Julio hawks touchdowns. Julio catches Julio's that guy. He he was he's the Justin Jefferson from like six, seven years ago. He's your prototypical. If you were to line up everybody and say, who's the prototypical wide receiver? You'd be like, give me the tall, fast guy that jumps over three people and catches the ball. So you say Jefferson, you would say he's a coming on up (laughs) (laughs) to the east side. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I know I'm ridiculous and you're the pro. Let me just say this. Why don't you tell, as we wrap up this bonus episode, we, again, we appreciate you guys listening. Really do. It, it it means a lot to us, guys. Why don't you tell, we touched on it last week, why don't you tell everybody what you're doing on YouTube? So I have started our YouTube Punt the QB channel. And I'm hoping that you'll jump on with me somewhere along the line here. We're hoping to get to some videos. Very very subtle, very subtle. As far as, as, far as uh, an actual podcast videos, we're hoping to get to those soon. Um but there, there's no guarantees on that. But I am throwing out short little videos. You're talking about two, three minutes. Just where we're talking about, I'm giving you different props, um, whether it's team props or player props, over yardage, under yardage, win, total wins, winning the division, so that I'm going to hit you with 
14 or 15 of them as we're 14 or 15 days away from the start of the season. Um, I started this about four days ago, and I'm just going to throw one out every single day. And uh, just just go on there and check it out. Give it, give us a like, give us a subscribe. We're gonna throw a lot of uh, a lot of plays out there. If you like them and you want to bet them, great. If you don't like them and you just want to write them down and come at me at the end of the season when I'm right or I'm wrong, hey, whatever. This That's is all about stuff, yeah. This is all about having fun, and it's all about stuff that I think you can make. I can make money on, and if I can make money on it, and you're listening to me, I want you to make money on it. If you're not, li- if you're in our fantasy league and you're not listening to us right now. And we end up getting the players that we say we're going to get, and we end up winning. You have nobody to blame but yourself. It's like snooping in on people's conversations. It's like being that being that that mouse that could sit there and listen to everything and eavesdrop on everything and get all the info. If you're not if you're not getting all the info, it because you just don't want it. Fine, but if if we're making money off of it, why not? Why not just follow along? That's one hell of an elevator pitch, my friend. Yeah, right. So I mean, like, but yeah, we're gonna throw out one a day. Go ahead and give it a like, give it a subscribe, check it out. We appreciate it. We appreciate you guys listening to us now. I appreciate it if you look at our YouTube channel. Next week, bold predictions, uh, regular predictions, and we're leading up to the season. We're excited for it. He's excited for it. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you guys next time.